The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615. Welcome along once again to the uh, Cardiff City phone-in um, just after a home game. So it's a bit of an unusual game and it's a bank holiday, but uh, thanks very much to tonight's uh, panellists for joining us. Uh, Mark Pontin, welcome back to you, Mark. And Alex Wallace in one of his many, many football shirts, which happens to be tonight at Atletico Madrid as a random a random way but uh thanks alex thanks for joining us no worries thanks for having me steve and you're from the canton end of course then the canton end continues to build profile as a kind of a, an output you know about about Cardiff city the other one which uh which i think we talked about it before is of course view from the ninian i don't know you know the guys from view from the ninian but again they're former university of south wales um students you know i mean they would have done it anyway but it's kind of nice that they're university of south wales students so um i come to you first alex um Two defeats in a row, both by uh, the odd goal. One maybe more surprising, perhaps, maybe, than the other. Luton Town, okay, you might expect them to, to, to you know, the season they're having to, to do us. I, I didn't think they were any better than us, actually, today. But we, 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 we've managed to lose both games, and I think that's three and four we've lost now. And are we changing shape and formation and, and uh, you know, um, team selection too much? Is it a little bit uh, wandering a bit? The thing I've noticed the most as well, and for me, it started from the defeat to, to them down down the road. It's the style in which we're playing. And we saw it today. As soon as we start playing route one long ball, we, we concede, evidently. So I don't know why we want to revert to playing long ball football. We don't need to. You know, we have got the players to play the style of uh, the style of play that we were playing in the early days under Morrison. I don't know where this all... <coughs> alternative style has come from. I think it's maybe the way we lined up today, sort of Hugel is more of a sole striker, he's a target mm. man and all this, but I just think that the style and obviously having to rotate as much as we are just to fit players in, take players out, isn't helping that either. Um, but I also don't think that we're actually utilising the right players together. I mean, you look at today, for example, a, a back... I different things like that and then it's you're playing two five foot ten center halves together that's it's yeah. never really going to work yeah well i i, I don't know I, it's interesting you said that i hadn't actually thought of it that way um you know that we'd re- reverted to, to long ball it's the, the way the way i kind of saw it you know we, we changed our formation against reading because of the way that they they set up um, and then we reverted to the three at the back for the next game, and then and then today we went to a four, went to a four at the back uh, uh, again. But it seems to me, um, I'll come to Mark with this on this in a second. But it seems to me we, we're, we're more um, overtly trying to actually play football, I think, but still trying to find our pattern of play and to put the right pegs in the right holes. Alex, do you think that's part of it? Yeah, I think it's just having to. As I said, I think that trying to get you know 15 16 players all playing the same rather than a consistent 11 doesn't really help with with the change of style and and different things like that I mean you know we've seen so many different defensive pairings over the last few weeks we've seen different midfield shape we've seen different you know attacking outlets and different things like that I think it's 
hard to actually stick to a style when you're having to chop and change a team so much. So mm. I think it's it's quite awkward. Obviously, today we had to change quite early. Alfie Doty goes off injured and we're changing again from how we started the game. So I think it's just whether it's just Morrison trying to use the last few games of this season to think, OK, I'm going to try this style. I'm going to try this style. I'm going to try mm. these players here and, and just see what's ready to go next season. But obviously it's hurting us a bit now. That's, that's uh, kind of interesting, uh, Mark, isn't it? I wonder if, um, you know, some of the comments, I'm just trying to see if I can see the comments coming in on on, on Facebook live stream, by the way. If either of you can see them, then, you know, chip in uh, with them. But, Mark, I suppose that what Alex just said is quite um, quite a kind of a, an intelligent analysis of, of, of the way things are, really, because he came out with that comment in the lead-up to the last match. He said, you know, there's no surprises, really. We know who's going to be here next season. And he, he, he alluded to the fact he wasn't likely to try many surprise players. So is it, you know, uh, strategically, in, you know, the, the wise way to go to try different formations and try to see how we can shape up moving forward? Well, I think he's, he's uh, in my opinion, he's exactly, that's exactly what he's doing. He's having a look. <clears throat> he's, got, he's got his three at the back option. He's looking at the four, two, three, one, or whatever you want to call it option. Mm. He's looking at the centre back pairing of Nelson and NG, and he tried uh, McGuinness and Flint, and that was a bit uh, not great against Hull. So Nelson's come back in. He's he's probably thinking um, he's probably going to let Flint go. So he's looking at the centre backs he's got there. Yeah. He gave him a run out. He's just he's just seeing what his options are, and and if this the team that he's got with players under contract can play an A and a B system so that you can switch around. I think that uh, he's doing the right thing. You know, he's uh, he brought Denham in, he's got Colwell playing, he's got Isaac Davis, he's, he's basing his his decisions now on, on the next few games, on the people that are going to be with him next season and the loanees, you know. No I mean, point, there's no point in giving Pack and people like that anymore, no, you no. know. So, no, I mean, if you look at that, I mean, you know, um, off the bat, you know, um, Pack, Bakuna, uh, James Collins, um, Waters, by the look of it, you know, they're just not, they're just not getting the look in. A couple of those players are under contract for next season. So maybe we'll see, maybe we might see a bit of Waters. Um, Collins, I'm not so sure whether he's going to get a run out, but he seems to have sort of nailed his, um, Nail, nail just uh, is kind of uh, vision, hasn't he, to the mast? And, you know, he's making it fairly clear, I think, for everyone, what, how he sees things shaping up moving forward. I think that he's, um, <clears throat> he wants he wants to play more football than his predecessors and people like James Collins. Did mm. a bit more uh, rough and tumble and a bit more, <laughs> you know, I don't think they suit the system really. I don't mm. think forward. He's he's quite, uh, and he's quite, he's quite swift in, in, in just getting them out of the team. Yeah, Bakuna got sent off that one time. That was it. He'll never play again. You know, that's he's yeah. gone. James Collins, he tried and, and gave him a couple of chances, and and he's never really fired on all cylinders. Really, James not for us. No, he works really hard, but God bless mm. him. But he, he hasn't got the technique really. To, to, Although he did score goals, you know, at Luton, didn't he, Alex? I mean, he's got, and um, you know, he, he's he's kind of been a successful. Um, professional footballer at that level at other clubs it just doesn't seem to be happening for him with us does it no I think he's a player um, that we'd have thrived with perhaps 
one or two years ago, but now it's it's outdated mm. with the style of football we want to play. I mean, he didn't even hit the ground running under McCarthy, and McCarthy saw the world in him after working with him for Ireland, and obviously Morrison gave him a few games, but he just didn't really have that much of an impact. I mean, like Mark says, he works hard, but you can't have a striker whose only quality is working hard. You need to score goals, otherwise there's absolutely no point in you playing as a striker in a system where realistically you need to be scoring the goals and I think for me today and and the last couple of games especially Jordan Hugel has showed me that as well I think he's a hard-working striker but for a player who's 50-50 about coming back next season um, and who isn't really scoring the goals that Mm. you know after the first game especially and even a couple after that we thought he would he he hasn't really hit the ground running in the way I think that we need and would actually look to bring back next season, especially with the wage that he's apparently on at, at um, Norwich as well. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wasn't that impressed with him uh, today. Of course, um, in the previous match, I think Ipiatu had, had a one-on-one with the keeper and didn't score. And then today, Hugo had the one-on-one with the keeper. And in his first game, you know, he gets a, he gets a one-on-one, scales it and hits it back the net, you know. But he didn't. sometimes doesn't look that convinced. And he doesn't look, I don't know, it uh, just doesn't look like the kind of, uh, he doesn't have the kind of prolific look look about him. You don't think he's going to get a bag full of goals, you know? No, he doesn't. I think <clears throat> it's, I think he works well with Isaac Davis purely because he they can both do the running. I think that when you've looked at them work together, they are a, a decent duo. But there's games where neither of them will even look like scoring, and you think to yourself, well, you need to have someone in there who. You know, if you are going to keep him and if you are going to bring him back, then you have to try him in a different system where we actually bring in a goal scorer as well next season. I mean, obviously, with, with the players we got on loan, I mean, we were just talking about the defence there. James Connolly scored for Bristol Rovers today. Oh, did he? He's been very, very good for Bristol Rovers. I was speaking yeah. to quite a few uh, Rovers fans and they're really happy with him. So hopefully he, he gets assessed before next season and maybe we'll see him stay with the squad rather than and go back out on loan. Just a row as well. They're League One now, are they? Um, League Two, still. League Two, yeah. So I suppose you, there's, there's kind of a, a golfing class. But then I suppose, um, Mark, if you look at, uh, you know, Denham, um, I think he might as well be playing, really, at the moment, to be honest, you know. He, 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 he came from nowhere, didn't he, really? I thought he played well the other day as well. I thought he had a good game. Um I think if you look at the centre-backs that we, we, we could potentially have, I mean, there's four or five if you keep Sean Morrison. I think I don't think he'd be looking at a, a centre-back. I think he'd be looking straight in other areas, you know. Mm. But I think we, if you look at the Luton team today, you've got uh, at least two of them on the pitch that have got in double figures scoring. Yeah. Whereas Wassa, I think our highest goal scorer is still Aidan Flint, I think, after the other day. Is he seven? Is joint with Carwell, is he, I think? Yeah, it's seven. He's going ahead there, yeah. I mean, we need we need we need players <clears throat> that are going to get us at least double figures. I don't think Hugel is that player. No, uh, I think his his hold up play is good. Mm. But, um, he looks a bit. I don't know, maybe a bit unfair. He looks like uh, he, he's kind of a little bit of a luxury at times, you know. Uh, I I just think that he's like like Alex said, he's, he's very much uh, a slightly more sophisticated version of James Collins. It, it's. Uh, He's not. He's not going to be a prolific goal scorer. No. Therefore, we're going to need a prolific goal scorer, and whether he can play off that goal scorer, uh, you know, well, we're going to wait another season to find out, or we're just going to move on. And I think we're putting mm. him on. And 
Uche as well. He, uh, he he's uh, he's endeared himself to the fans, and he's 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 really strong and that. But I don't think he's going to be a really prolific player. He's a great impact player, but uh, mm. when he started the the other uh, the other day, he was uh, he was okay, but he wasn't. Uh, he didn't set the world alight, you know. Neither of them really. Their goal ra- have a, have an outstanding goal ratio. Okay, they're in a struggling side, but you know. I don't know. I know. Is Uchi's, was he's 26, is he? Something like that. I think it's 26, 27, yeah, something like that. Gordon's pushing 30. So yeah. uh, maybe maybe Uche may be uh, an option if he's if he's very, very cheap or free. But yeah. Hugo, uh, you know, is a reason why he's not in the Norwich squad. And it's the same reason why I don't think he eventually will be in our squad. So it's in, I think it's good that we're talking about the strikers at the moment. Because if you're saying we, we don't think, well... I think between the three of us, we're probably saying it's fairly unlikely, actually, that for for whatever reason, Nuche or 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 Hugo will be back. Collins doesn't seem to be up the up to the mark. There's a pretty major urgency, isn't there, to get in uh, the right um, physical uh, d- dominant striker who could play a little bit more towards Alex, I suppose a little bit more towards the key for more at his best, you know, what he became, you know, because he wasn't scoring loads of goals to begin with. No, um, on the topic of Max Waters as well, I can't see him being here next season. Doesn't seem to be in favour at all, does he? No, I, I, I think his, uh, his actions after the, the Swansea game on social media have pushed fans away from him as well. Mm. Like in uh, Russell Martin's tweet, uh, post on Instagram, I think it was after the game. For, for whatever reason, that's a pretty no. dumb thing for a yeah. professional footballer to do at his current club, isn't it? But even his ability, I don't think that he is another one that you could say, okay, go and play and, and get us goals because he doesn't really have that edge of, of being able to get goals. So I think, you know, we mm. could be losing four of our current strikers in the summer and who are we going to replace them with? Nobody knows. I said before this season we should have gone all out for Cameron Archer from Aston Villa on loan went to Preston scored bags of goals um looks a very good player you know it's those types of players we need to be looking at mid-table Premier League clubs that have these really mm. hungry strikers ready to go out on loan to the championship and we should be pouncing on them straight away I mean Villa as an export for example they had Keenan Davis go to Nottingham Forest as well he's been very good for them yeah. it's players like that who um, we should be sticking our noses in for straight away. I yeah. mean, we were linked to, I think it was Liam Delap from Man City. Now, he looks like a type of player where, if you're talking about Kiefer Moore, he's got the height, he's got the ability to hold up the ball, and he also can find the net. I mean, there's been loads of talk about clubs wanting him permanently, etc. but Man City only want to like let him go on loan. So, yeah. as a player like that, you should be sticking your head in and going, you know what, we've presented an idea to Man City in the past with Tommy Doyle. They know that we can, you know, cope with that sort of player and develop yeah. him towards yeah. the right direction that he needs to be going. So why not go for someone like the lap in, in the summer on loan? Well, I'll come back onto that again with Mark. Just says a comment from Gareth Williams. Um, and, you know, if we don't know your football, it seems like a weird comment, but he says, my in-laws are gas heads. <laughs> and uh, they're very impressed uh, with him talking about talking about Connolly. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Connolly. I think we've got some good good youngsters coming through as well defensively. There's another big lad whose name I can't remember, but Jason Menu I already uh, like the look of. But um, uh, Mark, what what Alex is talking about there again? There was a comment. I think it might have been yesterday. 
um, from uh, Steve Morrison, and he was talking about, which I think is quite realistic, really, um, looking for seasoned championship players yeah. as opposed to bringing in, you know, high, high flyers from the Prem. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's got. He's got to have a blend of the of the season pro and and the youth. And I don't think he's got enough of the season pros left uh, after after the end of the season. So I think he's making the right call there. And uh, it sounds like he's busy behind the scenes. It sounds like he's decided who he's going to keep and who he's not going to keep. And he's working hard. And uh, you know, I, I I went off the guy a bit after the Swansea game, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> To, to see what he does. And I'm, I'm really hoping that he has a, a great summer window because he seems to know what he wants and he seems to know how, how to get it. So, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Based on that window where, where he did, where he did so well, you know, let's, let's, let's keep, keep the faith for, for the, for the, for the time being. He has a, a kind of, um, a style, you know, kind of an abrasive style sometimes when it, when, you know, at press conferences and uh, you get the impression uh, he, he, I think he's got the potential to be quite ruthless. So, um, you know, I, I'm guessing, Mark, he's, he's probably had uh, some sort of discreet conversations with agents and players maybe, and, you know, maybe there's been nods and winks for the future, at least. I, I think he, what is it, was he 38, 39? I think he's still got some of that youthful aggression that, that you know, that, uh, that Mourinho had when he first came over here, that kind of uh, arrogance. Hmm. Uh, it can be a good thing and a bad thing, but uh, I, I I think he's tried to tone it down because I, I noticed in a couple of his press conferences, he'd say, um, oh, I'm not going to talk about that because that will start making headlines and things like that. So yeah. I, think, yeah. I think he's realised a little, but hmm. I think you need, you need someone to be as decisive as he's been in certain situations because the, no, the number of times I'd be sitting here bashing my head because Mick McCarthy wasn't making substitute decisions or you know at least he he seems to be you know he seems to not be afraid to to make a a a tough call quickly you know and uh he's still got a lot to learn tactically though he's still uh he still gets found out a lot and Mm. uh, the swansea game being that uh that main one but uh let's see he seems to be experimenting and seeing if this the players he's the youth players he's got i mean what what he did with the four two three one today basically killed the wing back for uh role for Bagan and drama was very yes easy. yeah which, which uh if you not got the support with the players in front of you then mm. um it kind of kills we had very few attacking options and a very little width exactly yeah um it wasn't made easier by doughty going no off. no but, uh, it it's an interesting it's interesting to see how the young players that he's got including cody drama mm. Co- that because they're you know that they're stifled a bit they've got to be more defensive etc yeah See, I, I, I don't like him i don't like him i don't like him at right back i think he's wasted at right back you know and i i like ng at right back i personally play ng at right back we then got to think about what our central defensive parent's going to be but that allows drama to kick on particularly if doughty's now picked up that knock and he might be out for a while he's totally for me for me mark he's totally wasted at, at, at that right back he's got too much talent yeah mm. he's He's, he needs to be, he's skillful with the ball. He's good at crosses. He's, he, he sees opportunities that uh, that normal championship down the bottom end of the table players might not. So, uh, mm. yeah, he was a bit stifled today. Joel Bagan did well, but he's, he he uh, he needs to improve his delivery. His, his crossing is a little miss, you know. 
Yeah, but I, I, again, with with you know, I'd have Joel and NG at the moment. I'll come to you on it, Alex. But for for me at the moment, my two my two fullbacks who play forward at the back, I'd, I'd have NG and I'd have Bagan. I like Bagan the left back. I think he's left he's less exposed. He has the ability to break forward when you know as and when we change formation, but he looks pretty comfortable there. He did what's one beautiful foul today. That was a lovely foul. That was you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just you know, but it is it is age. He's already got that kind of well. It's got to be done, you know. So I can't, I, I like Joel Begin for the future. But do, would you agree that Dramas um, just needs to get forward? Yeah, I'd say so. I think he's very much. I mean, I watched it. I think he played as a right back against Arsenal in the cup for Leeds. That's the first time I ever saw him, and he would always try and get forward and sort of defending is a bit of hit the miss in times and I think you do you know if you can put a big challenge in once every now and then it's perfect for a wing back role but as you said I think NG is probably more suited to be the flat right back I mean Curtis Nelson's played there before and he's looked really good when he's played a flat right back so mm-hmm. if he stays there's the option there as well because then it's as long as you compare either NG or Nelson with McGuinness or Denham, I think you're all right. But putting those two in the mix in the centre together, it's never going to work because you're going to lose your your aerial duels every single time. I mean, that's yeah. how we conceded today was losing a head. Yeah, again. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, with Flint being, you know, being on the bench, the one thing we, we do lose, maybe, I don't know what people if people care, but one of the things we do lose there is aerial presence. Because Nelson is not that he's not that huge, you know. Um, I think he's. I think yeah. I thought he had a good game today, actually. And I think um, you know, he's, he's, there's more to come from him. Um, but I, I maybe maybe alongside Denham, you know, why, why not give that a try? And McGuinness, yeah, he, he made an awful mistake in the whole match, but he's got a big future as well. But the funny thing was today, Alex, um, looking at what I was surprised about it, three central defenders on the bench. Yeah, I don't know the point in that. I mean, what is the Mark, point in that? Mark, Mark's touched on it. If Flint's going to go, he's mm. one that can sit out for me. What's he going to do off the bench realistically? Unless you bring him on a, on a front. Frame of front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you bring him on, uh, bring uh, bring him on the front for five minutes to get on the end of random headers, then yeah. there's no point in having ha- having him on the bench. I mean, you got players like Eli King and and other youngsters. That yeah, and Bowen. And Bowen that are missing out on opportunities to come on with a bit of pace and a bit of hunger because yep. we've got someone like Aidan Flint sitting on the bench. And I don't see the point in having realistically more central defenders on the bench than actually no. on the pitch. There's no need for it, in my opinion. What's your take on that, Mark? It is, it is a bit odd, isn't it? You know, for a game in which there's not really much on it, to be honest, having three central defenders on the bench, could we not have maybe? You know, had a little look at Bowen, or, or do you think maybe he's already given up on him, or or are you like King, or you know, some something uh, else? As far as Flint, uh, I think perhaps he wanted a seasoned pro on the bench there uh, to come and lead in the back line if anything happens. But other than that, I agree with Alex. Is you know, there's not much point in uh, in having Aiden. I thought uh, apart from Flint's goal uh, against Hull, Flint was terrible. It was. His, his distribution was off. He gave the ball, the ball away. I mean, I'm sure he was at fault for at least one of the goals. I can't remember without looking back at it. But apart from his goal, it was, I made my mind up there and then I thought, ah, you know, no, that's, he's, he's 32, 33. It's time for him to go, really. But Sam Bowen, I don't know what's happened to Sam Bowen. Is he playing? I think, I, think, I thought he was fit again. I thought, I thought he'd come through the injury and he was fit again. 
Uh, I don't know whether Alex knows anything about that. No, the last I heard about Sam Bowen was on the forums, and he was a part. He was part of the uh, set to be released list. So I'm not too sure what's going on there. Right. Oh yeah. Well, they think that. So uh, you, the Canton End um, people are thinking that he might be on the way out. Not you. I mean, the people who've. Uh, Follow the Canton End, yeah, is that right? Well, it was on, I think it was on uh, Cardiff City Forum. I can't think, there was, there's two of them, obviously. I can't think which one I saw it on. But when I was doing the the look through to look at the released list, because someone had told me about it, he was one of the names that, that cropped up. So I don't know what's going on there, to be honest. So who do you think uh, at the moment, if we're going to play four at the back, who would be your central defensive partnership? I'll come to you first, Alex, on that. Uh, Denham and I'd probably I'd I would probably have to say Denham and McGuinness. I know it's slow, I know it's tall, but I would personally have NG and Bagan as the the flat fullbacks. What you do with drama then is another question. Do you play him a sort of a, a wide midfielder or how we've seen Doherty playing? I think he'd thrive doing what Doherty does because mm. he has a really good cross on him and his his delivery is very good and. You know, we've seen it in the past with with someone like Mendes Lang. He, they're wingers who could actually track back and, and do a bit of defending work because yeah. we used to have wingers who would track back, win the ball, and that's how we would counter attack. So someone mm. like Drama as a as a winger who tracks back would that would probably be his best suited role in terms of how we like yeah. to play. But I mean, at his best, you know, I'm thinking of one one of the games that springs to mind was a Peterborough game. You know, okay, Peterborough aren't very good. Or they won. They won today. You know, he terrorised that he terrorised the fullback. You know, split second, bang, he's away. You know, and I think we've got to emphasise um, that attacking prowess as opposed to just using him as another generic fullback. Again, I, I, th- I think it, I think it's, um, it's it's a total waste. Who would be your centre defensive pairing? Do you think, Mark, at the moment? At the moment, um, I, ca- I think I agree with Alex to be honest, because. As good as Curtis Nelson has been in the last couple of games, he, you know, watching him over the last couple of seasons, he's been incredibly inconsistent as well. And hmm. I think that the trouble is McGuinness seems to be in a, in, a, in a run of not very good form. I don't know whether his confidence is low. I think he's just probably his head's gone. He's, he's had a long season and we've struggled, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's a little bit behind the pace. and uh, it's just, I really like him, though. I think he's got a. I think he's very passionate, and I think he's a no-nonsense uh, central defender that will 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 put a good shift in. Hmm. He's got to improve on his technique and his in his vision. But uh, I think I think as it stands now, I still don't trust Curtis Nelson to be consistent week in week out. But I also don't think we should just play consider playing just a four. I think we should adapt, given the opposition that we've got, and be able to yeah. change the game. If we need to, without just having that that constant play, I mean, we, you can see today, and you can see uh, when we switch to four two three one, the um, it's not quite working again. They need to be they need to be playing these systems a lot more, so that the team that they have on the pitch can adapt if it needs to be changed into yeah. a back four or back three. I mean, that's I the one thing I like, uh, um, Mark. That's the one thing I like. Um, well, one of the things I like, should I say? about Steve Morrison, you know, I get the impression that he is the kind of manager because he's that bit younger and a bit more cutting edge. You know, the years he does have that tactical awareness. 
I'm not sure we had that with Mick McCarthy, shall I say. Well, no, because his answer, Mick McCarthy's answer, was to play five centre-backs and keep on with that back five. <laughs> I mean, he just he just thought, well, I had, a, I had a good run with it and we won all those games. It's bound to come back around again where we'll start winning again. And that was his tactics. And it was yeah. so frustrating to watch mm. that it, it became, you know, I almost pulled all my hair out, to be honest. But yeah. uh, it, it was, it's, 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 it's football from a bygone age. Yes. And uh, I'm glad that we had a, a progressive manager yeah. who's still learning his trade too, but he's a progressive manager. I think he's going to mm. work out as, as, a, as a, a decent manager, Steve. Yeah. I hope, I hope I, I really do. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, because the next year for him is a really big year, I think. Uh, lovely comment from Jeremy Williams. Uh, well done to uh, Carter City Supporters Trust for another food bank collection, which will be uh, destined to support food banks across Cardiff, which a really great effort from everyone who contributed and helped to coordinate the collection. And, and Mark, I mean, that's one of the things with um, with football, you know, football fans and the football kind of business and everything else, you know, it's, it's easy enough to kind of pillory it and, and criticise it. But, you know, with the Ukraine situation and everything else, I think um, there are times when, if you like, the football family does, does does pull together in a really positive way, Mark, would you say, and maybe doesn't get the credit it sometimes deserves? Uh, what, what are you talking about in a, in a fundraising way there? Or? Yeah, in, the, in the, you know, recognising that, you know, people need help and people need support and oh, having yeah. collections and giving yeah. something back and doing something, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's all it's all part and parcel, especially... Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of passion in the Welsh in the Welsh people as well, and uh, and uh, I applaud that, you know. Although the uh, the Man City fans weren't very good the other day, were they? Were they, were they? No, well, that's appalling, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. appalling. Yeah. There's absolutely no no. There's absolutely no way of uh, that's not you know any in any banter in any circumstances. That's just disgusting, vile, and totally unacceptable. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So there, are, you know, there is that. There at that, you know, we, yeah, we're football fans. We're capable of being stupid, but there are times when we can actually do good things for society, and uh, maybe that doesn't always get the get the credit uh, that 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 it deserves when it does happen. Um, um, Mark, um, coming to you, Alex. Sorry, Gareth Williams says um, we need a central defender who's experienced at this level and a leader. So Morrison aside, who we're probably going to lose. We don't, we don't, we don't really have one. If you think you know, Morrison's on the way out, it looks, doesn't it? Um, well, you know, he might get another season. I don't know whether either, either of you think he should. Uh, I think he's not going to be fit till about September, October, something like that. Maybe October more, more likely. Uh, it looks like Flint is on on the way, and then we got you know McGuinness, uh, Nelson, uh, Denham coming through. The young lad Connolly and Ng, who's proven that he can play there. But that you know, we talked about strikers earlier. That's two key positions, Alex, you know, and there's not much money about, you know, we need to bring in a decent striker and a decent, you know, um, influential central defender. Yeah, I, I was actually sort of on the on the topic, wanting to talk about who we can bring in. Um, mm. A report came out late last night. I'm trying to see what time I tweeted it. I tweeted it about 11 o'clock. So I think it came out about an hour earlier than that. But a journalist for... Uh, Sunday Mirror so I've said to take her with a pinch of salt because personally I'm not too fond of, of certain journalists that report our news but mm-hmm. apparently um, we've been linked with Derby goalkeeper Ryan Alsop 
Fulham defender Michael Hector, and Millwall winger Jed Wallace. Now, out of those, I could see one of them happening, and that would be the goalkeeper, Olsop. I do not see a signing Jed Wallace, even though it would be a very good signing. I know Steve Morrison's played with him and, and you know, must have good contact with him, former teammates, the, the Millwall connection and everything. But Michael Hector as well, he's a central defender. My only thing with Michael Hector, obviously he had a good season with Scott Parker when, when Fulham went up. But since then, he hasn't really played for Fulham. So my thing is, we've got there's a there's a defender there. He's 29. It would take him a couple of months to get up to speed, and he hasn't really played too much at the moment. So you're taking a gamble there. And I think that Steve Morrison sort of come out and said that he doesn't want to take gambles on players. He wants to make sure he's signing the right people. So mm-hmm. I can't see Hector being one of those, but. It'd be nice if we could bring in Jed Wallace. I think that would be a very, very good signing. Very experienced at this level. Can score goals. Very good technical player. But, you know, if he's rejecting contracts at Millwall, for me, that says he's probably bound to go to, you know, either one of the teams coming down um, from the Premier League or or top-end promotion-chasing championship teams. I think that they won again, Millwall, didn't they? They're they're, they're around and about the playoffs, aren't they? They're having a really good good season. Um, Actually, going back to Luton, talking about teams having a good season, Mark, um, I honestly didn't think Luton were that special at all, but they looked like a side who were used to picking up results, and I thought we were really um, profligate with the chances that we had. You know, we didn't show a lot of composure and bit headless chicken really up front i just didn't think we were very convincing at all with our chances but when they had theirs you know tucked their way back the net yeah i think i think i think we were i think we were we were in it in the first half i thought we were we were we weren't too bad in the first half we just we just failed in in the in the final third yeah but they've got a great manager and you could tell the minute they came up second half that they they were pressing higher and he'd, he'd obviously said look you know if we win here it's a lot better for us in a playoff uh, context than if we just draw. So, you know, uh, they, 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 they've got a way of playing. They've got a, 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 a function that they all carry out and they, they're not technically fantastic to watch. No, They're not really any better than we are on a good day. It's just that they've got mm. a good manager that, 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 you know, made the decisions uh, to, 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 press on at half time and, and it came out and it, and it worked for them. And we technically let them, let them get the goal as well. I mean, and they're Curtis, used to winning. Yeah. Curtis Nelson should have, should have defended that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was a great header, you know, did you think Phillips could have done any better or was it, you know, out of his, out of his grasp? Um, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dylan Phillips is, 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 is a hit and miss for me. He made a great save today, didn't great he? Great save, yeah. But he's his distribution is is yeah ropey. You know. Do, do you think? Do you think? You know, come. You know, we should. Do you think Dylan Phillips is another one who we we might be looking to, um, you know, replace? Because we seem to be continually linked with keepers, don't we? So we talked about centre defenders. We talked about strikers. The other one of the other key positions is keeper. You, would you, Mark? Would you? Would you be looking around for a for a new keeper at the moment? I think that it's it, 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 you have to look at it from a business point of view, and if you we've got Dylan Phillips under contract, and we've got two understudies, mm. maybe we need to stick with them because financially, trying to pay another uh, another goalkeeper wage um, 
on top of another central defender wage on top of another you know we've got to we've got to find you know some pivotal players in the in the uh, midfield we've got to find some strikers you know it's 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 there's not that much money around and, and even with three four low knees he's, he's over a long season we're, we're going to lose Cody Drama he's, yeah, he's going to come back you know if we just got Perry NG there who have we got as cover Curtis Nelson I mean not much of an you know a, a, an attacking option there you know it's, yeah. it's uh, I think that um, I think that they probably keep hold of and just be Dylan Dylan Phillips will be the number one if I'm honest just mm. purely because of economics how would you feel about that not that great <laughs> I, I think I thought Smithies is a great keeper great championship level keeper mm. um, we can't afford to keep him and he doesn't want to stay no so he's a, he's, he's a goner um, mm. he's, he's never going to play for us again no um, you know uh, that's already been been kind of that's a fait accompli it's already it's already, it's already happened um, how do you how do you feel about that then Mark because I mean, he, he, you know he is he is a quality keeper at this level that's for sure isn't he I wish we could afford to keep him, I and mean, I wish you know that he wasn't wanting to move back up north. But we just can't afford him, and that's that. And uh, uh, if we found another another rough diamond, and we managed to get them in and uh, made them the number one, then great. But I think we're going to have to stick with Dylan Phillips for now because hmm. he's under contract, and uh, they're trying to reduce the wage load. So to get anybody better than Dylan Phillips, to get anybody like Smithy's level, you're going to have to pay him. A lot of money, and we're not going to do that. So, what, what, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Alex? Firstly, on Smithy's uh, departure, and as on Dylan Phillips as the potential heir to the throne. Um, I think Smithy's departure is the right decision. I think mm. we need to cut wages, and you can't be paying a, a goalkeeper thirty grand a week. It's not viable. I mean. Yeah, he's been good in some games, but it only takes one look at a, st- a statistical analysis of his shots faced, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for you to see that on statistics, he's actually one of the worst in the division. Now, obviously, that comes down to to defending and how woeful we've been at times this season with defending. This is Dylan Phillips talking about now? No, Smithy's. Smithy's, Smithy's right. statistics yeah. show that yeah. he's a very low-ranked keeper in terms of, you know, shots faced, percentages saved from certain points in, in goal and stuff like that. So for me, I think, you know, we had the we had the season out of him. With Phillips, though, I think it's hard because he's not very good at distributing, as Mark said. Uh, his shot-stopping, he doesn't look as confident as he did under McCarthy. I think he's lost a lot of confidence having not played for so long. Mm. And then you've got three goalkeepers behind him in the, in the youth setup. I mean, you've got Ratcliffe, you've got Luther, and you've got Matthew Turner, um, a couple of other goalkeepers there. So I think that someone like Luther would benefit from a loan, maybe even loan George Ratcliffe. It depends on who we're going to bring in because... We've been linked to, I think it's a, a goalkeeper called An- Alnwick from, from St. Mirren. That was a couple yes. of years ago. Yeah. He's not a bad uh, goalkeeper when, when you look at him and, you know, considering who he plays for and some of the, the players he comes up against up in Scotland, he has quite a good return against some of the bigger teams especially. But, you know, we're linked with with all SOP as well from Derby. So obviously we are looking for a goalkeeper. Yeah. We're linked with a Pompey keeper as well, weren't we? Uh, yeah, he was we on were, loan from uh, some Premiership club. We yeah. were looking at, you know, quite a few goalkeepers. So obviously, there's a plan to bring a goalkeeper in, whether it be ahead of Phillips or just behind him. Who knows? But 
again, I think that, I mean, you look at where Esridge came from, for example, you know, Walsall, uh, we're, we're good at finding our goalkeepers. So I wouldn't really doubt recruiting a goalkeeper. I think we... we see... No, I think there'd be a lot about, you know, I think there's going to be yeah. an awful lot of free transfers available and probably an awful lot of experienced goalkeepers uh, available, you know, come, come, come the, the, the transfer window. But then you've got to pick the right one, haven't you? Yeah, I think that's what it'll come down to, just sort of seeing what's available and then making the decision on on who to pick up. So I think it's just, you know, you've just got to back the, re- the recruitment process of a goalkeeper and we'll see possibly, you know, first week, second week of the window, who comes through the door and just see how they, they go through pre-season and then see who's in goal first game of the season. So You just made me think now, so I'm just checking something now while you're on, just to check, check something. Uh Second, if I can get to it, let's have a quick look. Um, in that game, no, okay, because Birmingham, you know, because they, they conceded 10 goals in the last two games. I was wondering if Neil Etheridge had been in goal, but it seems, seems, seems he wasn't. So I was just check, check, checking that out. But I mean, the, the goal, the goalkeeper role, it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it, uh, Mark? Really, you know, it's such, you know, you, in every single uh, way of interpreting the word exposed. As a goalkeeper, you're exposed. You know, you're the last. You're the last line. If you make a mistake, and it's all about confidence. And when you're dropped, it really says something. When you're the, when the other keepers um, brought in. So if we brought in another experienced keeper, you know, and Dylan Phillips becomes number two, surely he would would he not be looking for a, a move? And, and then also would would uh, financially. As well, you know, would we be better off bringing in a replacement and then going with somebody like one Luther or one of the, the youngsters as the backup and moving Dylan Phillips on because money's pretty tight, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think uh, I think we're not going to know until they start finding these players and uh, and uh, seeing what options options they've got. I mean, there's lots of talk uh, of scouring the continent. Did you see? Yeah, that? whatever that means. Yeah, they, they, they're looking, you know, further afield. <laughs> Mm. But I mean, you, you, you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt. I mean, absolutely. Everyone knows that Cardiff City are, are going to need a lot of players this summer, so we're going to be linked with everybody. Yep. And I think that depending on what sort of deals that come their way will determine whether they keep Dylan Phillips or they don't. I think that uh, if an opportunity comes along for a keeper that they view as a better option, they they'll probably take that option and get rid of Dylan Phillips. You know, it's or they might keep the two. I mean, it's 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 all speculation at the moment i mean it's uh it, you know we 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 can speculate but we don't know what the the no, commas no. are really i mean there's talk of a 12 grand a week uh, wage cap and this that and the other i mean and there's no smoke without fire i know that but uh you know we don't know what's going on and i i think that uh there's an argument to be said financially for keeping dylan phillips there's an argument to be said for bringing someone else in and uh, getting rid of him you know it's uh yeah, um, I, I somebody I, I used to work with in radio, Tony Buckley, he can be a little bit contentious at times. Has just uh, come in with a comment. He says, um, we need a tidy manager, not someone who's arrogant and hasn't got a clue. I mean, I don't I don't know whether any, either of you would share that opinion of Steve no. Morrison, the Carlos City manager right there. No, not, not in the slightest. I think that I said this um, the other day. I said, you know, if the only manager I would replace him with at the moment, but it wouldn't happen, obviously, because of how well they're doing is Nathan Jones. He's the only person I'd replace Steve Morrison with. 
because, I mean, you see how passionate he is as a manager. Only look at Luton's games against Swansea to see that he understands what it's like to beat Swansea, for example. But you've just got to give Steve Morrison time. This isn't his squad. The, the squad now, this is... he. I mean, you look at the players that we've got. How many of those players would he actually pick? If he was given a blank canvas and he was allowed to go and pick who he wanted, I highly doubt he'd pick many of these players in his actual team because they're not good enough and they don't have a football in brain, most of them. I think that someone tweeted earlier, Cardiff City Football Club at the moment, they're just Cardiff City Club. We haven't got a football brain from you know some of the the style that we play the players that are playing it's not doesn't look like football at times it just looks like yeah. we're you know trying to figure out what to do with the ball so i think it's you know the players that we have talked about flint and those i don't think that they're hmm. the type of player that steve but, morrison would well i mean in his defense you know you'd have to say people like you know aiden flint were brought in because they were big lumpy central defenders and and we we were playing that kind of game and you know, we wanted players who'd have presence at either end of the pitch, and you know, it was a kind of a different different world. But coming back to, to Steve Steve Morrison, and uh, you know, he's been given a one year contract. He, he, you know, all credit to him. It was we're still way 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 clear of the drop, but nowhere near where we were when when he came in. He, he he's changed the style of football. He's tried different things. He's he's played some youngsters. He's done a lot. He's made some mistakes, but he's he's done some really good things. But he's been given a season now. And I think he's already, um, you know, knows that that season, in, you know, he can't blow it. You know, he's got one season. It's basically his first season, really. It's really his first season that he's going into as a manager of, of um, you know, a, a championship football club, Mark. And it's um, he's, he's got to really strategically get things right. He's going to have to get us off to a good start. He's going to have to get the right players through the door and the right players out the door. And he's got a mammoth task ahead of him, hasn't he, uh, Mark? And he's under a lot of pressure. He's really got to get it right, hasn't he? I think he's got to get it right, not just for us. I mean, he's a young manager. If he makes yeah. an impression with this one season, I mean, he was an under-23s manager and he, he gets given an, an opportunity, age 38, to manage a championship club. Yeah. I mean, it could set him up for the rest of his life. He could go, he could springboard either with us or with another team. He could end up a Premier League manager. It's, it's down to him now to to show everybody what he can do. And I think he's got to clear out all the Deadwood, all the old Warnock players, all the old the McCarthy signings that, that are not working out and, and present his, his philosophy and his team through the next season, through Cardiff City, that will cement his career. It's not just about what we do. Yeah. I, think, I think in that regard, having someone like him who wants to be a renowned manager, age thirty-eight, is is perfect for us because he he he's not going to risk his whole career by making colossal mistakes. He's going to try as hard as he can and uh, hmm. and, get, and get what he what he needs, you know. And I, I mean, think you could you could argue Neil Harris was a young up and coming manager, couldn't you? Looking back at it, you know. Uh, yes, but I think that Neil Harris um, lacked a lot more. Um, Know how about what to do with the players you're presented with. Mm. I think that he had he had footballing ideas, but he didn't know how to get that out of the players that he had at the time. He was too loyal to some players. He should have got he should have dropped. Which Steve Morrison just came in and went. They don't work for me. I'm just going to do it this way. And yes, Neil Harris brought a few of the youngsters on, and that's great. But 
it's Steve Morrison really that that's installed the confidence in those youngsters because he worked with them when they were really young, you know. So it's, yeah, yeah. And there's some interesting comments coming in. If I can just uh, try and see if I can just go back to, to that a second. Um, Tony Buckley, a bit. I go to Tony Buckley first of all. Um, he's 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 said he thinks time will time will judge Steve Morrison, and he reckons he won't see that year out, and he reckons within that year. He'd be on his way. So, so you know, Tony's perfectly entitled to, to, to that to that opinion. Um, and there, there will be others who share that opinion, I'm sure. Um, Gareth Williams, um, with Morrison only having a one-year contract, um, I'll actually, I'll ask, it's kind of ties into what we're talking about, Alex, so I'll come to you with, on that. With him only having a one-year contract, do you think that will determine who he'll be able to bring in as players, uh, you know, in, in terms of, Will that somewhat, somewhat limit the kind of long-term strategy of the kind of players he brings in, I suppose? Um, I think it's a good thing because it'll stop us giving players big contracts for X amount of years. I mean, look, the Flint probably, you know, could have signed a shorter contract in the first place and wouldn't be here today. So I think when you have a manager who's on a short contract, as a club, as a board, you have to give the players coming in short contracts if they're coming in permanently give them a year or two. So, you know, if we extend Morrison's contract, if we look back at this this time next year and we're, we're flying much above where we are now and, you know, we look to extend his contract, we can extend players' contracts at the same time rather than going, here's a four-year contract on this wage. You know, you're never going to be moved on until your contract expires, no matter how good or bad you are, because, you know, no one's going to want you in the end, which is what's happened with, the, the likes of Flint and, and players like that. So I think it actually gives the club more to think about. And we'll, we'll see the ownership point of view, the director's point of view on can they make efficient signings? Because I haven't seen efficient signings. I mean, Wintle, NG, McGuinness have been brilliant signings. And they mm. all came under McCarthy. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those. Can we actually utilise a market properly? I mean, for example, loan players... You know they they'll be here for the one year that that Morrison's got the contract for. So mm. we'll bring in the the loan signings. We've shown we're capable of finding good loan players. I mean Doyle, Drama, Doty. If we can find more players like that, or be lucky to get one or two of them back, maybe you know Doyle perhaps on on the random off chance. Mm. I know Man City want to send him back on loan, and we've shown that we can develop him well. But it all comes down to who Steve Morrison wants to look at. And it's, you know, about sorting contracts and actually efficiently looking at players rather than saying, okay, you're experienced at this level, like someone like Flint was, here's a big contract for more years than you probably should have on a contract. And, you know, we'll we'll assess you in four years when your contract's about to end and see yeah. if we'll move you on. Well, we certainly, I think we'd certainly be doing the right thing, uh, Mark, wouldn't we? But I think we we feel, I think, I think not to put words in your mouth, but I feel that given, given Steve a one-year contract was the right thing. I, don't, I think any, any longer would, would, would not have been the right thing to do. I think looking back at it retrospectively, that's probably where we went wrong with, with Mick McCarthy. So there seems to be a sense of realism about it. I suppose the other the potential fly in the ointment in the background is, you know, there are, well, Alex was talking earlier, you know, he's a sports journalism student. So he's, he's aware of, you know, journalism, uh, journalists and sometimes their reputation for spinning stories, which aren't necessarily, uh, you know, have much reality in them. 
but um you know there'd be there'd be all these kind of different rumors uh flying out there weren't there uh, about things um and i think you know is the club up for sale you know is is it is it time for the Vincent Town is is going to sell on? If that did happen, you know what would happen from there? Who would buy the club? It's a, it's a huge story, and we got that court case in the background, and it's kind of what I suppose I'm hinting at. There's there's a lot that could still play out. There's a lot of ramifications to come, um, and there's a hell of a lot of weight actually on as the front man, Steve Morrison's shoulders at, at the football club right now as a young man, isn't there? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean he's. Uh... Uh, it's pivotal. What's coming up now is pivotal, and yeah. um, and also, uh, you know, I hope he has more of an influence over the decisions. For example, let's sign Ryan Wintle and then send him out on loan. Those kinds of stupid decisions that have been made before. Uh, I hope that they don't get made again. Yeah. I hope that the um, the let's let's pay eleven million for Josh Murphy doesn't happen again. You know that those. The, the people that are making those decisions in the backgrounds, hopefully Steve Morrison can have a bit more of a uh, a say with that kind of thing because uh, going forward, we've got ourselves into <clears throat> the position we're in, not only because of the pandemic, not only because of uh, how it's affected Vincent Tan's uh, leisure business, but also because we, we, we've wasted so much money. It's, it's oh yeah, we have wasted huge amounts of money. Millions and millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Yes, there's always people going to be interested in Cardiff City. I mean, a capital city with a catchment area like we've got, with a stadium like we've got, with training facilities like we've got. I mean, it's it's, it's a sleeping giant, let's be honest. So there's always going to be rumours, and, and Vincent Tan is always going to be interested to hear offers if they are tangible offers. But uh, going forward, if he stays, we've got to stop wasting money. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, the amount of millions, you know. Yeah, I trying to work it out the other day. You know, it's not it's not what they're worth now, but I think amongst the players who are out of contract at the end of the season, Alex, I think it's transfer wise, something like twenty odd million. You know, we pay for those players. Yeah, and it's Zippo back. You know, it's extortionate amount of money mm. that we won't see. You know, anything back for we will mm. just be left with the loss. Insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's it. It is a stain, and you know. We've said it multiple times in spaces, you know, you can't fault what Neil Warnock did, but some of the money signings that he made have left such a bad impact going forward. It's it's hard to actually start a rebuild when, you know, there really isn't much money now there to, to use going forward on players, etc. So, I mean, the, the takeover stuff is, is always going to be there, I think. You know, since that rumor has come out now, we'll either hear another one soon or we won't hear it again for another year or so. We we have to see what happens with the legal side of things first, I think, before yeah. anything. And that court, that court case obviously yeah, needs, needs exactly. need, well, think, two court cases need to play out, really. I think it's uh, it's not viable for anyone to buy a club with, with legal yeah. things hanging over its head until that's all sorted, then... I don't think we'll see anything else about it because it wouldn't make sense to, in my opinion. So, so, so we're towards the end of the show, but Sean Harrison's come back, uh, come in with a comment. Thanks, Sean. Uh, I'll come to you with this on Mark. Um, it makes me think what an amazing football club Cardiff City is, really. You know, in, in Indian Park, from Indian Park, anyone? 
So, you know, Cardiff City Football Club, we've been doing this show for 20 years. We've not run out of a thing to say, you know. <laughs> it's always something happening with Cardiff City. But um, Sean Harrison makes the point, Mark, um, a really good one, which I'll, I'll just I'll come to you with. I can't see anyone taking on Tan's debt with the lack of assets that we have. You know, it, it would be a big decision, wouldn't it, to uh, to take it on? There's a lot to kind of juggle, isn't there? Uh, yeah, but I think that um, if you are an investor in a football club, you're not you're not looking to uh, uh, you're looking at the long term. And I think you know, like I said, Cardiff City is a sleeping giant. I mean, it's a capital city club, and the catchment area is, is pretty big for a capital city club. You think of other capital cities around the country. Uh, I've got competing teams with, within their their catchment areas. Yes. So I, think, I think in modern football the debt that we've got as far as the court cases and things like that is, is not, uh, is not substantial enough to deter a real proper investor. You know, I think the assets in, in, in terms of the footballing squad is that's a fluid asset anyway. So if somebody came in with a long-term plan for Cardiff city and they were a serious investor with serious capital, they could really take the club, you know, places which Vincent Tan might not be able to take us. And I don't think, I don't think Cardiff hopefully will ever go backwards like we used to. And as long as it goes well in the next twelve months for that uh, uh, to keep going, um, we'll always be an attractive. You know, we're one of the, the the very few. You think of the Newcastles, the you know, go back to before Chelsea got invested in. You know, we we, we were equal status to them. You know, through through the eighties, they were they were. Uh, uh, a second division side, you know, Chelsea, and oh, we 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 we're a very attractive prospect. So I don't think we deter a major investor. Okay, and when we talk about this on future weeks, but just one of the things I've noticed with where we are now, we've got forty nine points, I think, from forty two games. Um, that's just over a point, you know, which is kind of terrible. But if we had a point and a half per game averaged out over the season. Like we, we didn't have that first bit of the season written off, which let's face it, we had a terrible start to the season. We only got to average one and a half points. It's only another half a point a game. If you average out over the season, you'd be there or thereabouts to play up. So, you know, who knows? Let's, let's, let's hope we get off to a good start um, next time. Just a final comment. Um, Jonathan Wilkins uh, says, I don't think Morrison is the long-term answer. I think we'll struggle next season. I hope I'm wrong. So we we hope you you and Tony Buckley are, are wrong as well. Uh, and we hope that the future uh, is bright for Cardiff City. But as I said earlier, there's, there's there's never you know a time at least when there's nothing to talk about with Cardiff City. That's what that's one thing for sure. Mark Pontin, thank you very much. Thank you, Alex, from the Canton End. And we see you on the show soon. The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615.